Hey everyone, welcome to episode 89 of You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released every week on DerekAndSteve.com and on iTunes as well. So just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. Jared Dudley will still be injured, yep. so he will be available. So we have <laughs> He will still be injured, but his NBA career will still be going on more on episode like 800. It'll be going on after I'm dead. <laughs> Derek and Steve present... Baseball needs a shot in the arm. Yeah. No pun intended, as these guys are probably <laughs> juicing. <laughs> I would love to see the prop bet in Vegas for over-under season yeah. home runs. Yeah, that would be for interesting. For the Yankees. Yeah. A bazillion. This won't warrant much discussion, but the Ball Brothers have signed with the European professional team. Congrats to the Ball after Brothers. After they've been pulled out of US at UCLA by their father. So what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, <laughs> this is not sports. This is pop culture. We should put it in pop culture. That's a good point. You heard it here second. <laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode 89 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, welcome back. Welcome back. To the air, to the it airwaves. has been maybe our longest hiatus in the history of the podcast. I believe that's true. Without checking facts, I am. I believe that's probably true. We never check facts on this show. No, of course not. Yeah, so let's just say it's true. Yeah. Um, what was it, three weeks? Three missed it was, episodes? It was three... I think it was three missed episodes. Yeah. Well, we had a, so. a, a run of, of vacations and, and holidays. Yeah. So um, Christmas true. and New Year's both fell on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So that kind of hurts a bit. Yeah. Um, and we, but, I, we had like holiday party things. And I think on on the Monday last, or the week before, you had something for work on Monday. I had something on Tuesday. Yeah. So it just adds up. So after a long hiatus, we are officially back. Um, episode 89, a yeah. little bit closer to 100. Inching. Inching closer, of course. Ever, ever closer. So um, so we have the same structure of episode that we've had for you for quite a while we now. Didn't, we didn't change it too much while we were gone. Correct. Not not too much has changed. But, or um, at all. One of our podcast New Year's resolutions is we got to start getting back to our guests and our game shows. So True. we're going to try to get to that this month, hopefully. Not today. <laughs> not today. We, we don't have it back for you today. but um, I agree. We will. Actually, I want to make a separate one. Can we yeah. make two? Sure. Because you yeah, made yeah, that yeah. without consulting. Right. Me. That was just off the. Yeah. That was an unconsulted. Um, I agree resolution. with it. Yeah. I agree with it. But I also want to throw one out there. Sure. If we're just doing it. <laughs> um, I want to get more active in getting people to subscribe and yeah. promoting the podcast. We literally yeah. just do it and then post it and then hope people listen to it and it's that's true. it. It's true. We have to get we over need the. Some, we need to figure out like podcast promotion. We have 101. to sit down and be less humble. Yeah. 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 It's true. Um, so. That said, we have a similar structure for you. We have the BC update, pop culture, and sports at the end, uh, followed by the final drive. But we've missed a ton over a a few weeks. So we won't obviously cover all of it, but we'll cover most of the major stuff um, that we haven't talked to you guys about in a while. So New Year, same podcast. New Year, same podcast (laughs) is exactly right. Um, So without further ado, it brings us into the first section, our BC update. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-Line U, bunch of dudes. All right, so uh, the BC Update brings us uh, into two sports for BC that are going on. One of them just finished, the other one kind of just getting into the swing of things. So we'll start with football. Uh, BC... We we kind of raved about them for you know at the towards the end of the season they finished strong they finished seven and five they make it into the pinstripe bowl which was considered a tier one bowl obviously that's not really like the elite bowls but it is among the better 
uh, bowls that are not those like New Year's bowls. It's a big boy bowl. It's it's a pretty yeah. It's it's a, it's a big bowl. Um, and so uh, BC plays Iowa, a tough nosed Big Ten team that went seven and five, um, known for their big upset over Ohio State this year. They destroyed Ohio State. Probably the reason Ohio State didn't make the playoff primarily yeah. was because of that Ohio that Iowa um, spanking of Ohio State. So. Uh, a team that obviously you knew was capable of playing well. Uh, a team pretty similar to BC runs the ball, plays defense, wins the battles in the trenches, uh, and Iowa comes out on top, twenty-seven to twenty, in Yankee Stadium. What did you see in the pinstripe ball out of BC? So it, we were kind of at a disadvantage to start out with. Obviously, we were playing our our backup quarterback mm-hmm. to start in this bowl game, and I, I don't want to make excuses. We did lose the game. Both teams had to play in the same conditions, but it was absolutely frigid it was below 20 degrees I think at some points um it it was the only game and I don't know if this is a product of it being a baseball field mm-hmm. and the grounds crews not knowing the difference or, or things just not going well but they've had football games there before right but the field was a mess Terrible. The, the players were basically running on an ice rink yeah they were slipping left and right no one can catch an edge they were. It was almost a joke. Like it, players with open space would would kind of stomp around like they were walking on ice. Yeah. It, 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 there was no speed. There was no bursts. Um, ev- yeah. Every that, turn and cut up field was like gin- very gingerly done. Yeah. And that doesn't serve. I mean, for both pl- for both teams, it doesn't serve them well. But for Iowa, a little better because they're not playing with their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of the run game, we couldn't get anything going, and that's our our biggest strength. Um, I mean, A.J. Dillon did have a decent game again. He always will. But um, I just think what we needed to get over the hump in this game, we we couldn't because of the conditions, and that's just a bad break for BC. I'm still happy with the season, or at least how we finished. Um, I think a few few bad calls in that game, too, kind of went against us. But all in all, I think we played well. I I didn't sit back and say, I hate Adazio, can't wait for him to be fired. I just Mm -hmm. thought... We caught a bunch of bad breaks and lost by seven points. Yeah, and and so in general, I feel the same way. It's not really a game that I come away really angry at BC or anything like that. Um, you know, first of all, to the to the point about the field, it was it was terrible. I mean, like these guys, it's not an exaggeration. It looked like they were playing on a hockey rink. Like some of yeah. these guys would just try to get a get a running start out of the backfield and fall down. Like, yeah. like no contact, no. Like, you know, guys fall down non-contact sometimes because, like, their knee buckles or because they, they trip over their own feet or they hit a divot or something. No, like, this was just, like, just your feet slip from under you. And, like, mo- a lot of these guys switched from cleats to basketball shoes because cleats were doing nothing on this surface. That's how hard it was and how icy it was, which is just weird, like, that a football field had ice on it. Like, it literally yeah. did. Um, and so I think it does play into the uh, the fact that, it is a baseball stadium. It is a, maybe a baseball grounds crew. We don't, I guess, know who the grounds crew is for that, if it's Yankee Stadium grounds crew or if it's some, you know, uh, pinstripe bowl committee. Like. It could be It could be a, a, an appointed grounds crew for a football yeah. game because the, the baseball grounds crew may not right. have the expertise or whatever is needed, mm-hmm. um, and that they just messed up. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to blame it on the, the – Field. We lost fair and square. Yeah, it's it's it true. It is. It's true. Both teams played on the field. I will say, you know, obviously the frustration comes from being on the losing end of it. But um, there was one play in particular towards the end of the game that, like I said it to you a couple days after the game, you just looked at the way that Iowa was lined up on defense. And AJ, it was clear that it was a counter run for AJ Dillon that he had the edge. I mean, like yeah. the whole left side of the field. 
Iowa had had their DBs all matched up on BC's receivers on the right side, and Dylan just if he had gotten that edge, he's probably gone for a touchdown. And so, and of course, as soon as he went to make the first cut before he even got to the line of scrimmage, he just fell down because yeah. it was so icy. But um, so that was disappointing. But going to your point about um, you know not being upset, there's really only one thing that you can pretty significantly criticize about Adazio's game here, which was the end of the first half. Um, the end of the first half, BC gets into field goal range. With the clock stopped. Yeah. The clock was stopped with six seconds left. And they rushed the field goal unit out there. They, yeah. they rushed the field goal team with out. With a timeout. With a timeout in your pocket. With the clock stopped. With 25 seconds on the play clock. They rushed the field goal team out there and hurry up and snap it and rush a field goal attempt and miss it. And it's like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it made no sense why they rushed it. My best guess is that they thought that they were... They thought that that the first down was inbounds and the clock was going to start again. It's it's not an excuse because you had a timeout, but at least maybe somebody thought that that the clock was going to run. Again, there's no excuse because of the fact that you had the timeout there too. So just a terrible, you know, missed opportunity there. Those yeah. three points could have been big because I know Iowa won by seven, but the way the game was going at the end would have been big to have a three point advantage. Um, so that's the one thing you can criticize about. But again, like you said, backup quarterback it's against a good Iowa team. It's it's yeah. not a bad performance. Speaking of that backup quarterback, he has since um, decommitted, right? Or he transferred? Well, he... Wade? So I'm not really exactly sure what his deal is. He, I know he graduated, um, so he might be transferring. Yeah. Uh, he probably, you know, he's got a year left of eligibility, I think. He probably should transfer. Yeah, he's not going to start next yeah, year. Yeah, Anthony so, Brown's going to start. Um, so it's possible. Let me see if I can get any quick news on that. But I do believe he's done as a BC Eagle, whether that means that he is transferring or just, or, or if he's just done or he could declare for the draft. I mean, I don't think he's, no. I mean, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't get there no. no. But I mean, you know, he, he, he can do whatever he wants at this point. Cause he is, he is a graduate student. Um, but he's likely done as BC's quarterback, assuming that Anthony Brown's back healthy yeah. um, next year. So yeah, it does look like he's going to transfer. Um, does not say where, but it, it. I think he posted something on Instagram saying that he was done at BC. So, yeah, I mean um, that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah, and it's the right move for him. I mean, I mean, might as well go same way. A lot of these transfer QBs have come to BC. He's like a Patrick Tolles, you know, same thing. It's, yeah, it's like he's going to go somewhere. I hope he does better he's, than Patrick yeah. Tolles. Um, but he's going to go to some team that is like not that good, but needs a quarterback to fill in for one year, and and he'll get a chance to play there. So, uh, so that that's it for BC bowl season. Um, a loss to Iowa. They finished the year seven and six. Not a terrible year. We, we talked about this before. Adazio, we're still – I mean, you still have to be in on him for now. Um, but yeah. it, but to me, he has to earn it every week next year. I mean, he's, he's got to come out, and this team should be – this team's bringing back so many good players. Yeah. So like, like it's, it's tantalizing how many good players are coming back on this team. You watch Harold Landry miss most of this season, and that D-line was amazing in this bowl game, um, you know, just making plays left and right. So they're bringing back a ton of guys. Uh, not losing very much, and you got your quarterback, running back, receiver combo coming back, uh, as well as some other receivers that started to make plays towards the end of the year. So, uh, good um, future for BC as we see uh, what happens going into next year. Any other thoughts on football? No, that's it. I mean, we can have the midsummer conversation about yeah. getting hyped up and what to look forward to, but that's a wrap on BC football for the year. Seven and six, a couple bad losses, a few really good games that we played against good teams. So it's it's a weird season, but Adazio earns himself another uh, another chance. Yeah, and beers and wine in the stadium. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully that continues to get better, and and hopefully next year they open up more um, 
more concessions. Yeah, that was a you know, that was, certainly a first run. Yeah, they did not do a good job at definitely that. Definitely their trial, and it should be easy for them to fix that. Um, You'd think you would, so. You would think, but um, so we'll see about that. Flipping the page to another BC team that is maybe getting a little bit better My, is BC basketball. <laughs> maybe. Um, I mean, well, the bar had to go up from where it was in the past several years for this team. Um, the bar was the floor. So the bar was the floor, <laughs> and, and and now uh, we did talk. I think we did have we. Right after they beat Duke is when we last podcasted, I believe. So they had upset number one Duke. Over this past weekend, they they go to number nine Virginia, who's another ACC opponent, and they lose by one in a very close game, a game that they had a chance to win at the very end with an inbound with three seconds left, yeah. you know, down by one point. Um, what do you what do you think about BC so basketball? So my own my this is more of a uh, I think BC so on the in the short term I think BC basketball is a better basketball team. Our young players are mm-hmm. getting better, like they they're supposed to do. I still don't think we're great. I think we can beat good teams if we give it our all and our best three players shoot lights out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Jim Christian is a lot like Steve Adazio. He has some talent. He's been doing it long enough to, to be able to, to grow this talent a bit, but the game management is so bad mm-hmm. that like you can't – he had two opportunities to draw up two <laughs> inbound plays to win yeah. the game. They two were diff- gift- gifted a second opportunity. They were gifted two opportunities. I mean, granted, there was one second with the last one, but yeah. you don't get that kind of opportunity, and he draws up two very bad plays, <laughs> yeah. like terrible. And not, not that yeah. all plays should be successful, but if you're going to continue to beat good teams, you have to have in- a coach that's better than the other coach. Yeah. I mean, look at – I don't want to use the Celtics as an example, but – th- I have to. <laughs> well, <laughs> Brad I, well, Stevens is an, is an amazing coach and beats teams, good teams – by outcoaching them. Well, the players are just as good, if not worse, than, yeah. their, than their opponents. And, and you don't have to even use it in the Celtics context. You can use Brad Stevens in the Butler example, too. Yeah. Like Butler wasn't as good. Butler does not have as many good players as those teams that they were beating on their way to back-to-back championship appearances yeah. um, when Stevens was their coach. The, like you said, same thing with the Celtics. I think um, what what excites me – so you're, you're right, first of all, the – you know. It was terrible not getting the ball in any of your best players' hands on either of those two inbound plays is is horrible. I mean, three seconds left, they drop the play, and it's a terrible play, like a horrendously drawn-up play that just gets thrown over everyone's head into the backcourt. Yep. They're gifted an amazing opportunity because the clock operator starts the clock by accident <laughs> yeah. before somebody touches it, and they say, redo the inbound play. It's like silver platter, you're gifted yeah. something. And the play is drawn up to give it to Nick Popovich, who's – not your best player. He's probably the fifth best player on the floor for BC, especially offensively with the game-winning shot. Big and he goof, commits an offensive foul. Big goofy like, white guy, yeah. Which, which, granted, I think that they might have been looking for an offensive foul because BC really didn't deserve to have another opportunity. Yeah, and everyone they, in the stadium knew that. It was certainly a makeup call, but that but he, shot wasn't going yeah, yet. Yeah, but, but he also did give him a little forearm to the chest. It's like, why isn't the ball in Bowman or Robinson's hands there to just take a shot that they can't call a foul on? Like, get him off of a pick. So it's like things like that really frustrate you about the coaching. But having said all that, from where this team was coming from the last two years, for me, with these games, in college basketball, if you have a great backcourt, you can win any game. I mean, you really can. And that's what BC has. Like, This is starting to get to the point where BC has an actual legitimate good college basketball backcourt, like with Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman. They're really good players. And, And... Pretty much night in and night out, one of them is scoring like 25 points. Like they kind of take turns sometimes. Sometimes they're both on, but that's the one bright side is that they have 
Bowman Robinson and actually this kid Chapman too is a really good shooter. Mm-hmm. He's not a great he's not great at anything else, but he just knocks down threes. With play, with even just three players like that, you can maybe make some noise if you can like go on a little run this season yeah. and get it get in as a bubble team. And a lot of teams make the tournament. Yeah. A lot of teams. Yeah. I know we're in one of the hardest division, if not the hardest yeah. division in college basketball. But making the tournament would be would be the best thing that I've seen from BC basketball in ten years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Easily. Like, Making yeah. the tournament, yeah. So the the bar is so low, yeah. For any of these players, like I think this is, and we, I'm going to stop complaining because we beat the number one team in the country, and yeah, and so, almost just beat number nine, and almost so. beat number nine. So I'm completely fine with the the direction the program is going. I just think if we have to nitpick something, we can win this game if with better coaching. And I do think yeah. the the Duke game, we didn't out coach them. Our three best players shot. Mm-hmm out of their minds and scored 99% yeah. of the points, literally yeah. 95% of the points. Yeah. So um, good for BC basketball. I mean, I think we'll make the tournament, knock on wood, if we continue to play like this and, and beat the teams we're supposed to and mm-hmm. lose to the teams we're supposed to, I yeah. guess. And so uh, tomorrow or today, when Wednesday, when the podcast is released, BC will face number 25 Clemson uh, in another top 25 chance. And then a week later, uh, a week from t- uh, Tuesday, which is Tuesday the 9th, they play number 12 UNC. So big, you know, profile games coming up. Uh, and then, their, you know, their ACC schedule will continue as they go forward. They do have Florida State coming up as well as number 24. So uh, plenty of chances for BC to play these ranked opponents. They're currently 10-4, and four, which is which is, you got to take that if you're a BC basketball fan. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, and hope for them to continue moving in the right direction. So any closing thoughts on BC basketball? That's it. BC basketball is just heating up, so heating up, yeah. get on board. There's a lot of games left. We've got one good win, a couple good losses, a couple bad losses. <laughs> yep. So yeah. a, let's we'll, make the tourney. We'll, let's let's make the tourney. Let's, let's just freaking do it. Give I'm us so, some March basketball. I'm so done with having. We're we're an ACC basketball team. Yeah. We got like yeah. Let's make the tourney. For what it's worth, most very early bracketology projections that I've seen do have BC as like a 12 seed, which is like the last, which is kind of the bottom of where you get in. You don't get in as like a 14 as, as an, yeah, ACC an ACC team. team yeah. So, uh, but for whatever it's worth, they are in there in early projections as a 12. So let's do it. Let's do it. Bringing us into period number two, which is pop culture. All right, that brings us to pop culture, and I see here you wrote down the most pop culture thing, Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is so pop, pop culture. culture. Christmas crazy. is hot. It's hot right now. It's hot. It Christmas is. is hot right now. It and is. you wrote down Christmas and not New Year's. You know, I did. No, you wrote down Sunday River Trip. No, no, right. I'm saying I did. I'm I'm like, you know what? I did you do that. You had done did it. I did, did do it? that. I did write down Christmas and not New Year's. Oh. Um, but I guess I was capturing New Year's when I wrote down Sunday River Trip because that so, was so Christmas. Derek, let's hit him with the pop culture Christmas. <laughs> How was your Christmas, Steve? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Christmas was good. Reviews of Christmas. Reviews, um, five stars. Five stars. I also give it five stars. Uh, Ninety-nine percent. Steve Nicholas avocado certified guacamole. Yep. Christmas. Uh, I was in. Ho- I was at home in Florida. Eighty degrees every day. Wow. Sometimes it was fifty at night, so we got a big shift in in the weather. So we got a little chilly, yeah. which is nice. Um, slept a lot, drank a lot, ate a lot. Yep. Um, that's about it. That's, that's literally hey, what I did. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what that's it's, what it's supposed, supposed to be. Supposed to be. It's uh, it, it is funny. I saw a um, I saw something on Twitter that that just resonated so much with me when I saw it because it's so true. 
and some I forget exactly what the word for word tweet was, but it basically was like, oh, it it was I started the day after Christmas. It's like we're now officially in the in the time between Christmas and New Year's when nobody knows what day it is, yeah. nobody cares what day it is, and nobody follows any of the normal social constructs of life. Correct. Like which is the truest thing ever, and it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But in the week between Christmas and New Year's, you're like, it doesn't matter what day it is. It's like, like Twilight what, Zone. What day is it? Like, how far away are we from New Year's? Like, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting. But uh, how same, was your Christmas? Same thing for me. It was good. I went home to South Shore, Mass, uh, to my parents' house. Was there for a few days. Um, Tell them about your brother. To, my brother wore a Tampa Bay Bucks shirt on Christmas Day. <laughs> yes. Which is like. Let's go, Bucks. I don't know when, how it happened, but it happened. <laughs> And did you ma- did you make a note? Did you say something? To I him? didn't. You know, he said something. He was he like he was just like confu- he was confounded by it himself. <laughs> he was like he was like I'm wearing a Tampa Bay Bucks shirt on Christmas. Like like what like I what am I it. doing? Did you get some photos like, with him? In uh, it? I didn't get many Christmas photos. Photo. I I, did, I took a Snapchat that I sent to you guys, but um we we do Christmas photos like photos would be taken later when we go to our cousin's house. Mm. So we didn't really get any photos of him. He didn't he wear changed, it all day. He changed before. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That was just like I think he probably wore it to bed, and it was probably just when he woke up. Um, he was wearing that because it is a very comfortable shirt. It's a shirt. nice shirt. It's um, a very nice shirt. So, it, I mean, I can't deny that. It's a, it's a comfortable shirt. I wear it all the time uh, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm at home. Good review but, of the shirt. Uh, so, but, yeah, Christmas is great. Um, was home for a few days. Uh, went to the Celtics game right before Christmas with my dad. Saw them play the Bulls. You missed um, the um, – I missed the Christmas Day Christmas game. Christmas Day yeah, game. Yeah, because I, I ended up selling those tickets because I was over my cousins and figured – you know, just two seats. I wasn't going to drive back into Boston with like just my brother or something. Uh, spend Christmas with the family. The Celtics lost that game uh, to the Wizards, a close game, but they lost uh, at the end. So I guess I'm glad I didn't go. And then they played and one of the best games of the season. They did against yeah. the Rockets, yeah, which we, you also missed. Which I also missed because I was. It was the day before we were going skiing. I yeah. technically could have gone to that, but You're we can we can talk about that more a little bit more in NBA. Um, so Christmas is great. That's basically it. Um, that's great. That's it. So that, that's, Moving that's on really all Christmas. we need to talk about for Christmas. So Christmas transitioned into the Sunday River trip for us, which was over New Year's. Yeah, so we always do the annual Sunday River – well, not Sunday. We, we do an trip. annual ski trip for New Year's Eve because – well, for multiple reasons. But New Year's Eve is, is kind of an overrated holiday in my opinion. You you pay more for the same yeah. stuff. You stay up late. You stay up till midnight, and then you kind of don't know what to do after midnight because mm-hmm. – the reason you're out has happened. Yeah. So, and you always are expected to have a great time no matter what you're doing. Um, so we always go up to either Maine or Vermont or New Hampshire and go to a, we rent a house with about 10 to 15 people, um, and make a weekend of it. And this week, this year we went to Sunday river, which is in Maine. Um, one of the bigger mountains in Mm -hmm. the Northeast. I had a great time, although it was zero degrees to negative five degrees while we were on the mountain every day. So, It was very cold. Uh, th- what was your experience on the mountain and in the cabin? Yeah, so uh, so the cold was – it was extremely cold, obviously. Um, <laughs> Confirmed. I, I, I didn't think that it was – so I will say this. I think it was not as nearly as bad as probably I was expecting or that my brain hyped it up to be when we saw the weather forecast. My brain got tricked into thinking <laughs> it was going to be worse. Like, sure. like, like that it was going to be miserable, that I wouldn't be able to stay out there for more than an hour at a time because like, like, – I have had experiences like that in the past, but and so I think what it came down to is that the wind chill was really not that bad this weekend. The, the yeah. temperature was brutally low, um, but for the most part, the wind held off. Now, the last day, the wind was a little bit more uh, active, I would say. Some of the lifts weren't open um, in full capacity going up to the top of the mountain. Um, but, you know, I think overall it was not 
intolerable, which I kind of expected it might have been. So uh, conditions were good. The mountain was good. I liked it. Probably not my favorite mountain that we've done, yeah. I think, Well, we, we definitely didn't get the full yeah, mountain. Right, I mean, right. they shut down a lot of lifts the second day yep. because of uh, the wet. It was actually the wind and the weather. They shut down a bunch. Yeah. Um, and even the first day, I, guess, I don't know why, but we didn't yeah, get the Yeah, we didn't mountain, get all so. across everything, so. It wasn't, I agree, it wasn't the best mountain we've been to. Yeah. Um, but the place was amazing. Five-minute yeah. drive. Yeah. Um, everything you needed was right there. We ordered pizza one night. Um, yeah. We, we cooked there's a store for right, a long yeah. time the next two nights. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Um, there's a store right up the street. Everything was convenient to get to. Hot tub. Pick stuff up. There's a hot tub hot outside, tub. which was great. We literally hot tubbed in negative degree weather. Ne- yeah, which was amazing. It like was your wild. Hair, your hair would freeze after you, you like just got it wet a little bit. Yeah. So I was I I made the mistake of, so I have a big beard right now. I made a mistake <laughs> of when I first got in dipping like my chin in, not yeah. my whole head, just like I went low enough to get my shoulders and then got some of my neck and chin. Yeah. And I, so I sat back up and just to my neck and the, my beard froze over within 30 seconds. Yeah. It was so, I mean, if, if you're, if you had a hat on and didn't get your face wet, you might be okay because of the steam. Yeah. But if your face was wet, it was going to freeze. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I had to dunk my head every 30 <laughs> seconds. Luckily I. To remelt it. Luckily I was the guinea pig and told you guys not to do that. <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. Oh, getting your hair wet was a little bit fun because the hair doesn't make you as cold. The beard would make yeah. you really cold. It crisped up. Yeah, the, 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 but getting your hair a little bit frozen and crisp was like kind of an interesting experience. So uh, the hot tub in the freezing cold was great. Um, definitely in that regard, a lot better than some previous trips we've done where the house is not in a good location. Yeah. As far as like maybe it's a 20-minute drive to the mountain. Maybe it's not a close drive at all to a grocery store or something like that. Um, so it was in a good location for that. The house itself was great. Uh, the house was one underrated aspect of this was it was very warm for how oh, cold yeah, it was. Out. Like there was no issue of being cold pr- pretty much at all. I felt, I agree, with especially that. sleeping. Um, so all those things, great reviews. And, uh, you know, to recap it, I think Sunday river, the mountain, uh, the jury would still be out for me on that until oh, I, my I'd be gosh. able to see more of it. No, what um, we should talk about. And I don't what? know if we have time to get into it, <laughs> What? <laughs> but Derek seems to think that you can't get sunburnt. In so, the winter time, not quite the not qu- a little bit of a misconstruing so, of the argument. You don't need to wear sunscreen in the winter in New England is actually the is actually the stance that I've always had. But but if you can get sunburnt, you should be wearing sunscreen. So not really, not necessarily, no. Because like, can you get sunburned? Is like, do I sit outside for twelve hours on the sunniest day of the winter and just bask my face in total sunlight all day? Yes, also I probably ma- could you, get a little red. You also made the argument, which I understand the thought process behind the argument you said you said word for it i don't need to put sunscreen on because it's negative one degrees yes i did say that so the temperature has nothing to do with the uv rays uh potentially not true there's a middle Um, ground you're missing which is the distance of the so did you see the graph i sent you today so so it is quite an indication that temperature and uv rays are very strongly very very strongly correlated um, as the average UV index, which is the index of the strength of the ultraviolet rays from the sun in New England in basically November through February is one, is the average UV index. For comparison, in Florida in the winter, it is five. Basically, throughout the entire winter, it's the UV average is five. Uh, in Boston in the summer, it is nine. In August, July, in June, July, August, it is nine is the average. So nine times stronger is the sun in Boston in the winter than it is in the summer than yeah. it is in the so winter. Yeah, so the issue... And everyone in the house was 
was on the opposite side of you. Correct, and nobody got sunburned. And but nobody continue. got sunburned because yeah. we were covered. Our face was covered because it was so cold. Right. Um, the argument that people were having an issue with was the direct correlation you made from temperature to burn, which is like they actually – correlation does not mean causation. Correlation is not causation. Correct. So that's the – that's the connection that people are missing the link. Right. So when yeah. you say it's negative one degrees, I don't need sunscreen, that's when people's minds start going, no, that's not That's yeah. not how it works. Well, it is partially how it works so, <laughs> um, because it is very difficult to get the temperature so down to negative take, one with Derek strong UV a, ra- radiation. Derek so. takes a very hard stance on this. And you take, yeah. you take so by the way. few hard stances in life. You're a very like, middle-of-the-road guy. You're not very confrontational. Yeah. So I literally said, where should we put the next two, literally the next two topics? Yeah. And you said, I have no opinion on both of those. I don't. So we could, we could drop them if we want to. We yeah. could continue to debate this because so I have a very strong stance on this. You have a very strong opinion on, on yep. sunburn in, in New England in the winter. So yeah. uh, that's, I, I just wanted to bring it up because it's fun. Oh, it's fun so to, I, okay. I do have some anecdotal evidence as well. Oh, okay. Um, well, not, I, I shouldn't call it anecdotal evidence. I, sa- I have some anecdotal um, feedback from somebody who was on the trip that made me laugh. So I shared the same graph uh, with somebody else on the trip who I won't name, but who is prone to get angry at this type of thing when I, know when exactly I argue about this. Oh, actually, and this person, this person said, oh, yeah, well, I got sunburned. I got sunburned on Sunday. And I said, oh, like, did you put sunscreen on? And she said, yes. And I said, oh, so you got sunburned through your sunscreen <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the UV index of one. That's what you believe. She said, yeah. I, I did. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I love that, it. That's that's that makes sense. Yeah. So the sun that was nine times weaker than the sun in the summer hey, Derek, burned you, through your sunscreen. You can't argue with results, is what I'm yeah. saying. Well, it was. I, I I would argue it was windburn and not sunburn. But you can't tell people how to feel, Derek. You can't. You can't tell people how to feel. So. Yeah. Um, um, so, so for those you guys, you can lather up with sunscreen if you want. It won't hurt you. Sunscreen won't won't kill you. I don't care if you. I don't care if you put sunscreen on or not. <laughs> I'm just not going to waste my time. Um, putting sunscreen on because it's, I can spend that time doing something else because I have never been sunburned in the winter living in new England and I will continue to not put sunscreen on in the winter. So, so I'm glad I brought that up because we need to get you heated like that more often. Yeah. Uh, I still disagree with you. That's I, fine. I say sunburn can happen and That's you should fine. wear sunscreen when you ski, especially it's even a known fact that the reflection of the sun it off does. the snow burns you too. It does. It actually doubles the UV radiation. Interesting. So from UV index of one to UV index of two <laughs> in, in New England. So watch out. Okay. Okay. So that is it for the uh, sunscreen in the winter debate. Yep. Um, next up in pop culture, Golden Globes are this Sunday. Yeah. Derek, what's your opinion? I have no. I have a much weaker opinion. Much like the relationship of the UV index in the winter to the summer, my opinion on this is much weaker. Jesus. Um, and is basically non-existent. So there's no risk of, of getting into a debate with me on this because I don't care. The okay. Golden Globes are on Sunday. It's like the stupid award thing that tries to take the Emmys and the and the Oscars and mush them together, mush them together and be better. And it is inherently worse. worse so. Okay, cool. That is correct description of <laughs> the Golden Globes. Here are the nominees. Best motion picture drama. I've heard of. I guess I've heard of them, but seen one of them. Here they are. Best motion picture drama. Dunkirk, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Call Me By Your Name. Hmm. Does anything in there 
elicit emotions for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Dunkirk, I didn't really like. Either did so, I. <laughs> and that's the only emotional reaction I had to everything you just said. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Best motion. So I do have a reaction to this one, actually. Best motion picture, musical or comedy. So mm. they yep. that is the same category. The Disaster Artist, which is the James Franco, the room adaption thing. Get Out, The Greatest Showman, I, Tanya, and Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. So my reaction to this is Get Out should not have been in the musical or comedy section. Right. <laughs> um, it is very dramatic. It is. It has funny parts, but that doesn't make it a comedy. This right. was certainly more drama and even more horror and kind of like a reflection of society. And, and there's a, there's, it's a lot deeper than just giving it the yeah, comedy, comedy like. title. Um, which I kind of don't like. So, and it, it is Jordan Peele who is a comedian who wrote it, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think this is mislabeled, and it it'd be hard if, as a as a voter for this to vote for best comedy Get Out because it's not the best comedy mm-hmm. in this lineup. Yeah, it's, it's just the best not movie a, in that lineup exactly by far. But yeah, so. I feel like there, I, I can't remember, and I won't try to remember, but there was a movie similar to this last year, I feel like, in one of the award ceremonies that I felt was miscategorized, and this is another case of that. Um, my reaction to that as well, on top of that, is that that's a dumb category combination. Yeah. Musical or comedy. Like, do you want to watch, like, Singing in the Rain or Step Brothers? Like, those are, they're like, yeah. why are those in the same category? Yeah. Those are completely different. Well, there's definitely not enough good musicals to cover a full category, category probably true but like if there's enough to just i mean i don't know i feel like there must be enough that even if people don't know what they are just like there's plenty of awards that are like okay who cares like yeah that's musical fine i you agree know? so i was looking to make sure that there's like there's actual other um categories that it could be in or they could add, just add one and there mm-hmm. is there's best motion picture best picture foreign language best original song best television oh let me give you this one so this is great look at this lineup Best television series for a drama, Game of Thrones, The Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, This Is Us, and The Crown. Now that is a good lineup. That's a good lineup. I haven't seen the, the gold, last two. Golden but... Age of TV. My mom watches The Crown. She's mm-hmm. obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And This Is Us, I've I, heard, I yeah. heard it's a good thing. I've heard I hear, a lot about it. I hear about yeah. it on Twitter all the time. That's a good lineup. That's a very good lineup. Best television series, musical, or comedy. There it is, mushed again. I don't know any... Musical television, so here's <laughs> yeah. your comedy section. Yeah. Blackish, Marvelous Miss Maisel, whoever that is, Master of None, Smilf, which is single mother, I like to yep. something. <laughs> or also, it's set in Southie, so it's Southie Mother. Did you know oh, that? Oh, I, I think yeah, I, you said that before. I, I did. Uh, and then Will and Grace, the new one. Yeah, wow. So. Any thoughts on those? Not really. I haven't seen most. I haven't seen any of those actually. Best TV. Yeah. So there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of categories. They could just add a new one. Yeah. I, there's plenty of categories. It just seems dumb to combine the musical comedy because one of these one of these times, you know, forget about the fact that Get Out is miscategorized. One of these times, everything will be correctly categorized, and there'll be a great comedy and a great musical, and like, yeah, you shouldn't have to pick between them. Like, well, what was the, um, La La Land? Was that just that, a that musical? Maybe it was that. Maybe it was that. That was like I think that was probably listed as a musical. So that probably was in the was comedy musical, or musical. Though. And there was probably a really good comedy that was also in there. And it's like, why are they competing against each other? This They're comedy is moves, nothing yeah. like La La Land. Yeah. So yeah. So that's I think um, where my gripe falls in that. Okay. So. Cool. So Golden Globes are this Sunday. Um, it's the let's see which annual it is. 
Actually, I don't really care. Hosted, <laughs> hosted by Seth Meyers should be a good host. Okay. A lot of um, it's going to be an interesting Golden Globes in terms of like those opening monologues. Mm-hmm. Nothing has. This, it's the first of the the sh- award show season, mm-hmm. so you they've got to touch on all the like the sexual harassment movement, yeah, a lot of Donald Trump a, stuff. Yeah. Like there's a whole lot of stuff out there for material and it's gonna and Seth Meyers is good about that he's mm-hmm. a very socially aware person so I think yeah. it'll be good but it should be an interesting opening monologue mm-hmm. for sure yeah absolutely and, and it, being the first of the season it does kick off and sort of set the tone for what those other ones will be with like the Oscars and uh, although actually the Emmys were recently I think or, or maybe it's just the nominations that came out but either way it's uh it should be a good kickoff to that uh, monologue season so mm-hmm. um so moving on to the newest, the best, the most exciting, <laughs> Bachelor season twenty two. Twenty two. It's already season twenty two. It flew by. Wow. Yeah. I it feels like yesterday. This show just started. I know. Which was your favorite of the twenty two oh, seasons? Man, I don't know. That's a tough one. Ben uh, Higgins. Tough call between Ben Higgins and the other one that we watched, which was Ben Higgins. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, tough yeah. one. Um, so let me give you your lineup. I'm not going to read all the girls' names. They're very similar. Um, so here's the guy. His name is, I don't know how to say his last name and barely his first name, Ari Luyendik. That's his first name? Junior. No, no. His last name, his first name's Ari. Ari. A-R-I-E. Luyendik? Luyendik. Luyendik? Yes. Junior. Junior, yeah. Okay. Second of his name. Here we go. Bachelor biography. Strap in for this. All right. Six years ago, Ari Luyendik was in love and a day away from proposing to the woman of his dreams. Wow. And then... She broke his heart. Oh, no. This section is not necessary. Listen to this. (laughs) Emily Maynard, now Emily Maynard Johnson, may not have been Ari's future wife, but he hasn't been able to find a love like hers since. First of all, why did they put her name in there? (laughs) Yeah. That is asking for trouble. Yeah. Um, Now Ari is back and ready to race into America's heart yet again when he returns for a second shot at love, starring in the 22nd season of The Bachelor. Wow. So, I don't know if if he's been on it before, if that's why they said all of this about her and, and him, but that would be my only guess. Otherwise, it's just too much information yeah. about his wife. Yeah. Or that, former maybe that Maybe that he was on it before, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I can't pretend like I know anything about that. I don't know. It oh, just seems, actually, feels here we weird go. to me. Here's more information. Emily Maynard, remember that name? Yeah. After a tearful exit on Emily's season of The Bachelorette, oh. Ari has stepped away from the spotlight and focused on his new career in real estate, which has brought him tremendous success. Even though he has been gone from The Bachelor Nation, America hasn't forgotten Ari's rugged good looks and charm. <laughs> now Ari is back and ready to race into America's hearts yet again. So now you're wondering, why have they used the term race twice? Why, do I, why does he want to race into America's hearts again? The race car driver. Listen to this. Born in the Netherlands... Actually, let me show you a picture of this guy. <laughs> that's that's Ari. Okay. All right. What would you guess his age is? His age right there, I would probably guess he's like 35. Wow. Born in the Netherlands, Ari, age 35. Wow. <laughs> and his family immigrated to the United States when he was just three years old. Son of famed Formula One racer Ari Luyendik Sr., a wow. two-time Indianapolis 500 winner. Ari Jr. followed in his father's footsteps. He made a name for himself, speeding his way, blah, 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 blah. After mending his broken heart, Ari is finally ready to start his own journey for love. Wow. They're playing this one up. They are. 
So what are your initial thoughts on Ari Luyendix? Without knowing anything about him, seems like he's got a big backstory. It's true. Seems like, uh, seems like it's kind of dumb that he won the Bachelorette, and then the whole reality. I don't know TV. if he won because it says after a tearful exit oh. on Emily's season of the Bachelorette. Yeah, but then it, but then he almost got married to her. Maybe he was about to propose because oh, if you win, you have to propose. Remember? Yeah. Maybe he was just the second guy. Well, here, so here's the point: is that this whole reality TV find love thing for Ari crashed and burned. Yeah. And now he's doing it again. Yeah. Well, no, he was probably just came in second. Let me just give this guy a little Google. Huh. I see. Okay. So he was he she was the bachelorette, and he was almost gonna win, and then she picked someone else over him. Probably that... it probably came down. They always do okay. like the sec the, like the last people okay. standing. Yeah, okay. So, so that's better just... than if he like won and then but then didn't propose or something. Correct. Like, then it was like this didn't This work. is all hearsay. We don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> so right. the question will there's people listening who are like, no, the answer is very easy. Yeah. This, this is, <laughs> we watched that season, this is what happened. Yeah. So um, yeah, we don't So anyway, yeah. Ari Luyendik, best of luck to you, sir. We won't be watching this season. Um, but I hope you find your we'll love. Watch, we'll watch the finale though. Oh yeah. The finale's watch great. The finale, yeah. I love the finale. Yeah. And we'll report on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we um, we before the finale, we will we will find people to brief us on the three remaining contestants, and we'll have them and on. We will, yeah. And New Year's we'll, resolution. And we'll predict who's going to win based on what we're told about the three people left. Okay. So that's not going to happen for a while, though. So that's the cast still, or that's the Bachelor still hosted by the boy Chris Harrison, <laughs> um, and then there's about twenty five to thirty lovely ladies here to scroll through. Um, very nice. Very nice. Okay, so that does it for pop culture. Unless you have anything else to say about I got The Bachelor, nothing else to say about The Bachelor. Stunningly. Okay. So. Well, moving on That's to sports. It. Then Let's bring it on to sports. The Monster Jam. All righty. So sports. Um, Let's start football and move on from football after that to a couple, actually really not much besides football, but um, <laughs> so a basketball th- there's a little bit, there's a little bit of basketball. So uh, th- I saw the basketball thing and then I saw another football thing after that and I was like, oh, we're doing a lot of football. Yeah. So NFL playoffs are set. They're um, set. We won't go through the whole field of playoff teams for now if you're fine with that. We can I'm instead just talk about wildcard weekend because that's coming up and is to me um, a disgusting slate on the AFC side mm-hmm. and a great slate on the NFC side, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Um, so we'll go through it. First game. Let's go through chronologically. So starting first of all, real quick. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to spend yeah. a lot of time on these. First of all, Saturday, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. and then Sunday, 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. This upcoming a, weekend. Yep. And also the following weekend is the same time format. Um, want to quickly say it's a great time format. I was actually about the, to say the that. NFL playoffs have figured out the time format and it's awesome. Like both the wildcard weekend and the divisional weekend are just perfect for like, you don't want to have an early Saturday game and you don't want a late Sunday game. Like they just do it perfectly. Start at late four o'clock Saturday, eight o'clock Saturday. Then Sunday you got your normal one o'clock Sunday football and then four o'clock and you can go to bed perfect. at, at nine, nine 30. Watch the bachelor. Yeah. Watch the bachelor whenever or whatever. So, um, so a great slate. So starting it out, the first game of the weekend, Usually the early games are the crappier games, and that's exactly what we have here. Mm-hmm. With the Titans visiting the Chiefs, um, neither team playing good football. No. Both teams stumbling in the playoffs after strong starts. I hate the Titans. Um, both, yeah, the uh, Marcus Mariota not playing good football. 
Alex Smith hasn't played great football either. Patrick Mahomes played quarterback for them the other like, last week. Yeah. So Titans Chiefs, do you have any thoughts? And if not, just pick your winner. My thoughts are: I hate the Titans. Okay. I like the Chiefs. I like Alex Smith. I like Kareem Hunt. Yeah, me too. I like Travis Kelsey. I like Eric Berry. I like Dontari Poe. <laughs> Is he still on that team? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I'm not positive though. Those are all the people I like. Yeah. In that matchup, so. I'm going with the Chiefs. All right. I'm going with the Chiefs as well Okay, uh, for all the same reasons. So game number two is Saturday night, and I think this is a great game. This is Falcons at Rams. Mm-hmm. Now, the Rams are legit, which feels weird, but they are. Yeah. Um, and the Falcons have caught a little bit of fire lately. They've at least started playing better. I shouldn't say fire because they're not like lighting it up, but they're playing better football. Before we start into this game, I just want to make a quick note. Best division in baseball. Can you name it? Or in football. In football. The best division. I'm assuming you're asking me this because it's that division. It's <laughs> yes, the NFC South. Correct. It's the <laughs> NFC South. They're, they do have three playoff teams. They have three playoff so. teams. Yeah. Just a note. It's a, that's a good division. The Bucks aren't really one of them. It's a good division. But it's a good no, division. But it's a hard that, division. That, that's a really hard division. And it's, I think, definitely the best division of quarterbacks in the NFL. Absolutely. By, by a lot. Yeah. Um, so, Falcons at Rams. First playoff game in L.A. That's exciting. Who do you got? I so I I want to say the Falcons because they are, I think they are the better team. Mm-hmm. I think they've done this before. This mm-hmm. isn't their first shot. They they've all had this pain and they they won't break under any pressure. Mm-hmm. The Rams have some energy though. And if you're playing at home with some energy, I think they can pull out a win. I don't think they'll win more than one game at the most. Mm-hmm. Um but I think energy can get you through a nervous early situation. So I'm going to say the Rams. I'm going to pick the Rams in this one. I I, I don't want them to win. I want the yeah. Falcons to win, but yeah. I'm going to pick the Rams. I am going to pick the Rams as well, and I might want the Rams to win. Really? Yeah. I I, I mean, I just like I like that there are some new teams coming to the forefront in yeah. the NFL. I just and hate the Rams, Rams freaking uniforms. Uh, me too. But, but so I do think that there's something there. That has to do with this move and with the rebranding and like Just do I, I it. think there. But I, we know the NFL's got stupid uniform rules, like with the one helmet thing and like, like I, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt for this year because I think that they might have been caught in in the middle of a rebrand. As long as they finish the rebrand, then I, I I'm okay with it. Their uniforms are gross right now. It's literally like someone's like, let's. It's a mismatch. It's, it's just like a, let's rebrand and yeah. then they're like, no halt. We it, can't. It, we can only do half. It's just a bad mismatch because I don't hate the jersey or the helmet. It's just they look gross together. It's a. It's like a stupid Madden combo where you, yeah. you select customize and you yeah. pick stupid pants and stupid jersey and yeah. stupid helmet and then walk your guys out yeah. there in a clown costume That's, because it's a video game. Yeah, I agree. This is the NFL. We're we're matching colors. I agree. I completely agree. Um, if they don't have it fixed next year, I'll not give them the same slack. But and I hope they lose if they don't. I hope <laughs> okay. they go zero and six, winless if they don't change their uniform. Um, but final note on that: Sean McVay is like the youngest coach in the league, I think, and he's like he's been great for them so he's far. Just a, a real spark of energy. Um, third game is the early Sunday game, one o'clock, which is the worst time slot for a playoff standpoint to have the one o'clock. Bills at Jaguars. Um, you didn't think that was going to be the playoff matchup no. back at the beginning of the season. Who do you got in this one? Two quick things. Our picks are very similar, by the way, I think, because these are yeah, um, for sure. home teams have a big advantage. These. Yes. So the Bills, congrats to the Bills. I, The Bills Mafia has been exploding this year. <laughs> for some reason, I feel like they've gotten more attention. I mean, not because they're so good, but they just have. Yeah. Um, they donated when Andy Dalton 
they, yep. so they needed the they needed the Ravens to lose. Mm-hmm. And within on fourth and seventeen, with the game on the line, Andy Dalton had nothing. They had nothing to play for. He throws a strike for a touchdown to to seal the game and the Bills' playoff appearance. Yeah. Bills and, fans and to end the Ravens and to like, end the, the Ravens. Ra- Ravens were playing for their playoff yeah. life. So they just did it for to spite the Ravens. Yeah. Um, the fans go nuts. The players go nuts. And the Bills fans donated so far as of yesterday over a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to Andy Dalton's uh, charity. That is awesome. Isn't that funny? That is hilarious. And they're they're like <laughs> Andy Dalton literally said yesterday in an interview. He's I'm the most popular person in Buffalo right now. He's like I I I've never been there. I don't like it, but I am literally the most he over $100,000 has that been donated is, as of today. That's unreal. That's unreal. Um, and the Bills play the Jags. Mm-hmm. Jags are hometown team for me. Shout out Will Campbell, shout out Mark Brunell who visited Will Campbell in the hospital when he was really sick. Um that's the reason I'm a Jags fan. Go Jags. Yeah, there you go. I'm also picking the Jags because I mean I have no rooting interest, but I do think they're a better team. I think they have a great defense, great defensive line. They haven't played great the last couple of weeks. Um, I just don't think the Bills can put it together uh, at Jacksonville. They they've the Bills are making improvements, I think, but they're they're not there yet as a team. So what a con- what a mismatch of of weather. Yeah, the Bills are in negative degree weather probably right now. Yeah. And the- Jags have a pool in their stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so last game is the 4.30 or whatever on Sunday. The late Sunday game is Panthers at Saints. This is so my NF- favorite NFC matchup. South game. Definitely the, the the biggest rivalry probably. Not not that they're a huge rivalry, but they're divisional opponents. Yeah. They've seen each other twice this year already. It's going to be a good game. Uh, Panthers going to New Orleans. Who, who do you like? So I don't know if this is the case for all of the divisions because I'm certain it is, but there's some bad blood between NFC South teams. Mm-hmm. I hate both of these teams. Mm-hmm. I actually don't mind the Falcons as much, but both of these teams I hate mm-hmm. because of what has happened this year when we've played them, what's happened in past years. It's been very similar teams for the past mm-hmm. couple of years playing each other. Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, mm-hmm. they've all been in the league for a long time, so bad blood boils mm-hmm. um i think the saints are way better i think drew Brees is a way better quarterback in in this situation um and and the panthers aren't that good i don't think i mean the buck <laughs> the bucks just beat the saints which is saying yeah. something so i don't that, that's my hesitation the bucks are bad mm-hmm. um i'm gonna pick the saints i think the saints are the better football team drew Brees is is a better playoff quarterback than cam newton yeah for sure i want to pick the saints as well um in the interest of not having all four picks be the same as yours (laughs) i'm going to pick the panthers um but this game is the closest for me it's the closest to a toss-up uh out of all these i think either of these teams could win i I do tend to trust drew Brees more than cam newton i've been so unimpressed with cam newton at times um i know that's kind of a just not a really strong statement say at times i have to watch them a lot we play them twice a year and i watch their games when when they're on at different times and Cam Newton is a very frustrating person to watch. Yeah, football. he is. When, he, when, he's, when things aren't going well for him, yes. it's very, very frustrating to yeah. watch him. I can't imagine being a fan of that team when things aren't going well. It's yeah. like well, we, we watched some of that game they played against the Falcons this week, and it's like they're within a score for most of the game. And it's like every drive, like just you're frustrated watching he's frustrated. Cam. He's goofing around, then yeah. he's like angry. He's, his emotions are all over yeah. the place. Yeah, I mean – a lot of quarterbacks are, and he plays with a lot of fire, and he's a very physical presence. But yeah, it's just to watch him. It, it's almost like he doesn't care until he cares a lot. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, oh, I can't take this. Like, just yeah, just be a 
normal, like steady game management quarterback for him. Yeah. 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 So I'll pick the Panthers without a lot of confidence, um, but I'll pick them to be slightly different. So there you go. NFL wildcard uh, weekend. Uh, two other quick NFL. Let's just get the NFL out of the way. Two other quick NFL coaching notes. Uh, first, how the hell is Marvin Lewis getting a two-year extension for the Bengals? Like, <laughs> I know we say this every year, but my mind is blown by this. So it's I, I don't want to hate on this decision <laughs> because – Bad coaches get tossed around left and right. Like if they don't, they fire Marvin Lewis and pick up um, what's his guts from the Rams last year, Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher. Like they're just going to pick up a guy with quote unquote experience at I know at but... going to a playoff game once. It, it's, I mean, he's had way too long with the Bengals. He yeah. needs to go. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm okay with with longevity. I mean, the Me Bucks. I, I know I bring everything back to the Bucks, but they just. Signed on Cutter for a third year, and it was like a huge deal. Like, oh, third year, this is a make or break year, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, three years is not a long time. Oh, I mean, no, not, yeah. I mean, if completely. you're going to, especially if you have to install a new playbook, you have to install new coordinators, you have to, like, just re- redo everything. Um, so I think he's been there. How long has he been there? 11 2003, years? 2003. Holy he started moly. With the he needs to go. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> unbelievable. So that this will be what? This will be like his 16th. Was he head coach in 2003? 15th year, yeah. 2003 he became head coach. Um, Maybe it's like a, it's an obligation thing now. I don't know. I, Do so they love him? Do, like they I, mu- so I don't know much about him, except that he doesn't put, produce bad football teams or good football exactly. teams. Exactly. In his career, he's he's got a, his, his, um, his his winning percentage total in his career is five is fifty one point two percent. So he's like wow. he's just over five hundred. That's brutal. Uh, his regular season record is one hundred twenty five and one hundred twelve, and three ties. His postseason record is zero and seven. Yeah. So, I mean, they've I gone not, to the playoffs seven. times. I did not know he was zero and seven. Yeah, seven times, which is about half of his years he's gone to the playoffs and lost in the first round. I totally get. I totally agree with your argument about longevity, and I hate when teams just fire their coach right away and just go grab another crappy coach. But they need I, this is like just getting ridiculous with him. Yeah. If I, I, if I so, were them, I would pick up a young coach. The way some of these other teams have taken risks, like Sean McVay, like I just said for the Rams, came out of nowhere. Yeah. This guy's like thirty years old. He came out of nowhere. They just decided to take a chance on teams him. Teams don't and he's do great. that anymore. It, I know. It's it's sad. I mean, so the, the reason I will say, like an actual definitive reason, I'll say he needs to go is because. Think of a player on that team who has gotten better. Yeah, there's maybe, I mean, maybe you could say A.J. Green, but he was always good. He was always good and is not as good as he used to be. So, like, Giovanni Bernard had a good year, not as good. Andy Dalton had a good year, not as good. Yeah. Um, Jared Hill fell off a cliff. uh, Eifert, Tyler Eifert, wasn't he on there for a while? Yeah, they're all getting worse. They're all getting, like, there's no... There's no development there. It's not yeah. like you're you're getting excited for these players coming back. You're just like, oh, we still have yeah. these guys. I hope they perform at, like they used to. Yeah. Like there's no excitement, and I I think that's yeah I part agree. of building a team is is getting players to play better together, and they don't seem to be doing that. I agree completely. So uh, while I do support the longevity, I think Marvin Lewis got to go. Last topic: Matt Patricia to the Giants. Um, I didn't see too many reports about it. I know that he's being interviewed. Would, How do you feel you about it? How, so, look, I. I have to support. Said, said it, Matt Patricia, offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Defensive. Defensive coordinator yeah. for Patriots. Sorry, big, ugly, backwards hat, <laughs> huge beard, pencil in his ear. Yep. Crazy guy. Barely speaks. Runs a great 
mm-hmm. defense, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If the Patriots' defense isn't always great. They they make big plays at the right times. They they great. They're great in the red zone, but they get gashed a lot too. So I wouldn't say he's like some stud, yeah. but he he's a good defensive. So his name comes up every year yes. for head coaching positions. As every does McDaniel's. Single, as the does McDaniel's. Exactly. So one of the places for either of them. Let's say either of them because yeah. I think they've both been looked at for yep. the Giants. Either of them goes to the Giants. How do you feel? Is it a James Harrison to the Steelers? Are you are you going to be like, how could he do this? Oh, absolutely not. Oh. Yeah. So you no. Know, so so in comparison to that, like, I, I any time a co- like if a coordinator takes a head coaching position, you could go to the biggest rival. I don't think you can really be blamed for that as a promotion. Now, if some when someone moves laterally, if he were to go be like the O coordinator for the Giants or mm-hmm. the Jets or something, you know, then I think it's a little bit more like like what the hell. But to take a head coaching job, I personally. I would have to support any coordinator of my own team that goes to get a head coaching job somewhere else if they yeah. think that's the right job for them. Um, from the Patriots' standpoint, I know this we're not going to go into the Patriots' discussion of this, but the one thing about that is that they do have sort of a, from what I've heard, a D coordinator in waiting in Brian Flores, who's actually, I think, a BC guy. I'm not positive, hmm. but he's their linebackers coach. And from what we've heard, apparently Bill Belichick would really want him to be the D coordinator. But he also has head coaching interviews, which is kind of crazy. As their linebacker coach, he's getting head coaching interviews this offseason. So the biggest disaster for the Patriots would be that (laughs) Patricia and Flores both get jobs. I think that's unlikely, um, but it is possible. So This is always the same rumor mill every year. It is, every year. He will leave. So Patricia has never been a head coach. So I think he could reasonably leave at the first decently good opportunity he gets. Josh McDaniels is not the same. Josh McDaniels was already an NFL coach, uh, had opportunities, I believe, with Denver and St. Louis, um, and failed. So he, so his next head coaching job will be his last if he fails. Mm-hmm. I think McDaniels waits for a really good opportunity. Uh, Patricia, I think, could jump at the first legit opportunity he gets. So Cool. Um, so that's it for NFL stuff. Let's quickly do college. Really disappointing um, bowl games last night, or, or I shouldn't say disappointing. Uh, for our rooting interest, I think yeah. it was disappointing. Um, the SEC wins both games. Start with the first one, Oklahoma-Georgia. One of the best bowl games we've ever seen. That was great. Um, I, I actually – so I had Georgia winning this game yeah. in our pool. I was one of only a few who picked them because, I mean, I don't <laughs> – They're really good. I, I mean, yeah, they're really good. But Baker Mayfield is a is a polarizing yeah. figure, and yeah. I tend to dislike players yeah. like that. Um, so I'm out on Baker Mayfield, which is the reason I picked Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and – I mean, I can't, I can't fault him. They didn't give him a lot of opportunities in overtime yeah. to to win the game, which is yeah. what a player like he has to do, or him has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, uh, it was a great game, unbelievable game. Mm-hmm. I hate that it's an SEC versus SEC matchup, but with a double overtime thriller, like what what more can you ask? You, for? you can't ask for more than that. And it it was like it was a complete tale of like it was like a tale of four games really. Yeah. Like first half was just dominated by Oklahoma. It was like, are they ever not going to score? Is are they going to have a drive that they don't march down the field and score a yeah. touchdown easily? Was like how you felt in the beginning of that game. Then the beginning of the second half, you're like, is Georgia ever going to have a drive they don't score? <laughs> yeah. And is there ever going to be a drive that Oklahoma doesn't get a three and out on? Then there was a short period of time again where it flipped back to like, oh, Oklahoma's going to roll again now. And then Georgia steamrolled back, and then they end up winning in overtime. Um, Georgia's extremely good. Their running backs are extremely good. Both running backs are really, really really good good. running backs. Um, The freshman quarterback is unbelievably poised for a true freshman. Just graduated high school. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Just graduated high school. That's incredible. I mean, like, what was I doing? (laughs) Freshman year of college. I I I was so not 
the same person. Um, so, yeah, so that's Jake Fromm uh, for Georgia. He was very poised. Um, all leads to the fact that it's going to be Georgia-Alabama. So with I don't want to break down the Alabama-Clemson no, game. It was terrible, disappointing for us as as ACC fans and Clemson fans. They, they did not play well at all. Um, what this comes down to for me, look, yes, Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams. I think that's pretty clear at this point. Um, are they, though? I think so. I think they are. Where's so, the UCF? Where's your UCF UC, argument? UCF is so. This is I'm, a tough one. I'm so in on UCF. I, I am in too. Now, if I'm being honest, I don't think they're better than these two teams, but they certainly. I think I do think they deserved a chance. You know, I do too. Like, like before the playoff, I did say like, you know, Bama might be one of the four best teams. I don't think they should be in the playoff because they didn't win their conference. They didn't even yeah. get to their conference championship game. Uh, it's such a big debate. I mean, like, personally, got... I would like to go to eight teams. Or, or, sorry, six teams is what I think I would like. We've talked about that playoff yeah. situation that I would like. It's tough. I mean... That's just brutal, too, because UCF beat a lot of good teams, too. Including Auburn, this including bowl game. Auburn. Now, the Auburn win is hindsight. So that's the only problem, is yeah. that the Auburn win is hindsight after the selection. So it, it you can't fully just jump in on that and yeah. say that. But... but there needs... Like, this has to be a wake-up call for, like, what do you have to do? Yeah. Like... If you can't get in over Alabama, who didn't make it to their conference championship game, if you have an undefeated season and beat the number seven team in your bowl, like, what do you have the re- to do? The reality is you have to schedule a harder schedule, which, which, which stinks because that happens multiple then, years in advance. But and then if they win, if they lose one game, yeah, they're out. If yeah. Alabama loses two, they're yeah. still in. Yeah, and they schedule I mean, cake. It's just I know, it, it, I know. It's, it's a bad it's, system. It it is. I know. It's tough. So, because the thing is that UCF, I mean, you know, they did go undefeated. They did have a much easier schedule. I know it's not their fault, you know, and you're right that, that Bama can schedule cheap out of conference games, but they are in a better conference than UCF. So they, they get their in-conference games are much harder. Um, I, I'm not trying to make an argument for Bama over UCF because I would have liked to see UCF be in it yeah. over Bama. UCF was ranked 12. Like they weren't even clo- like yeah. they weren't even close to the playoff, which is really the bigger joke out of this. Like, how is UCF not like on the edge right there at at, at an undefeated record? So, I think it's um, something that needs to be looked at a little better. But the unfortunate reality is that a team like UCF is just going to need to have stronger opponents on their out of conference schedule, yeah. it, or they're going to have to move to a better conference. So UCF went zero and twelve two years that's, ago. That's that's why they're not in the playoff. Exactly because because like, you have to build like. For some reason, if you're not, I mean, not for some reason, I know the reasons, but I think it's sad that if you, you have to build a momentum, if you're, if you're one of these mid-tier teams to lower-tier teams, mm-hmm. you have to have a momentum season, yeah. and then you have to have an undefeated season. Yeah. Like, you have to have a season that puts you into the stratosphere, and you finish top 15, and then you have to go undefeated. Yeah. It's not fair that, and, and these teams flip over so fast, it's, mm-hmm. it's three-year guys, it's four-year guys, maybe three-year guys, they don't even have to be. Yeah. Um, and it's just... It's so sad for these players who, two years ago they were zero and twelve, now they're fifteen and zero. Yeah, and they're all going to graduate, and yeah. next year the team's going to be probably average again because they're they just can't sustain two fifteen and zero seasons, and they'll never have a shot for the yeah. next couple of years at, at making it in. It's just such like a, it's a broken system where you can just keep throwing Alabama in because they are Alabama. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um. And I don't think UCF would have won, but I think they deserve to play. They deserve a chance. It's, yeah. it's, they deserve and, to lose in that game again, more than Alabama deserves to win that game. And we can go back 
the the one that we always talk about is the last time actually in 2011 that that the championship game was two SEC teams, which was Bama LSU, and this was before the playoffs scenario, but it was the same thing. You know, yeah. you got a top two, and then you have the number three on the outside on the outskirts of it, and it was Oklahoma State that year who had uh, they did have a loss. It wasn't an undefeated situation, yeah. but they had one loss to Bama's two. They were conference champion to Bama not making the conference championship game. All these things that were very similar. And you know what? Yeah, I think Bama was a better team than Oklahoma State was. But Bama didn't didn't capitalize on their chance to get in. Yeah. And, and so they didn't deserve to be there. And, and I felt, I again feel that this could be history repeating itself where, yeah, Bama is probably a better team. But that's not really, and I say that's not really the goal of the committee. Maybe it is the yeah. goal of the committee, which which kind of stinks. But So the, the thing is like, my so there will always be this debate, no matter how long you extend it to, mm-hmm. no matter how many teams of playoff there are. But this is the situation. The playoffs were supposed to not fix this situation, mm-hmm. but make it easier to let UCF in. That yeah. that is the reason the playoffs exist. Yeah, is to stop this blatant bias towards yeah. teams that aren't as good because they're historically better, mm-hmm. or you think they're better. Even though they've lost more and didn't make their conference championship game, like mm-hmm. the playoffs were introduced for this reason, and they are still not allowing it to happen. Mm-hmm. That's my issue with it. It's true. Like, why not just go back to the two to the BCS system? Yeah. If you're not going to let undefeated teams into the playoffs, yeah, that's true. Then, like, what's the point? It's true. Um, it, yeah, it's tough, and it is hard because there's a lot of teams in division one that could go undefeated. I'm not like UCF, but yeah. could it play even easier schedules? And I wouldn't probably be sitting here and saying they yeah. should be in it. So I mean, I, there's a line somewhere, but I agree that the playoff, the the spirit of why you made a playoff was that you would have the leeway to put some teams like this, give them a shot, you know, and instead we're now putting in teams that didn't make it to their conference championship game. Yeah. Like regardless of how good that team is, like, you know, in no other sport does a team, Lose the big game and just fall short, but get put into the championship because they're they're because they're still good enough. Yeah, you know, like you get upset, you get upset. Like that's that. There's there's, you know, it's unfortunate for you. But, um, the the closing thought that I have on that, just because it drives me crazy seeing all the you know SEC bias float back up to the top, is that I will say and I will concede even despite all the the UCF stuff that they probably deserved it. I will concede that Georgia and Alabama are, are probably the two best teams in the country. Sure. It does not mean that Florida or Vanderbilt yeah. or Texas A&M or Mississippi State or Missouri or any of those teams are any better Yeah. because there's two SEC teams in the championship. It doesn't, okay? Like, they're the two best teams. The SEC is still not any better than the ACC was this year. That's just a fact. Yeah. Like, so – that's the thing that drives me crazy is that is like seeing that the SEC lost most of their bowl games, but the two best teams are in the SEC is somehow like, oh, the SEC is just like the NFL now. It's like it's clearly not true. It just I, so happens that these two teams are probably the best this year. So I have become an ACC homer because of you and and Rob and have been pushing like the anti-SEC bias. Yeah. You have to be ACC yeah. biased. So, but I hate the the division. Like, who the yeah. hell cares who's in your division? Win yeah. every game. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Win every game. Yeah. Like I don't care. Like uh, I'm just so over it. Like yeah, the SEC bias and ACC bias. Like I just yeah. It's all, I mean it's all of them. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. Football. 
Like yeah. you just got put into this division. Yeah, like it's true. Who, like it's a, such like a loser participation trophy but, for but, the SEC to and, be like, yeah, but, but we still win. It, that's and that was the genius really of what the SEC did. Honestly, the SEC was pretty genius in getting themselves to this level of people thinking that they are God because. If you look at every SEC team, it's pretty consistent nowadays. They don't schedule anyone out of conference. They don't need to because their marquee games are all against their own conference opponents. Mm-hmm. You know, Whereas somebody like Clemson, now granted lately Clemson does get the benefit of that doubt because the ACC has gotten really good with Clemson being at the top. Yeah. But you know, teams like Ohio State, like they, they beat teams in their conference. They don't get the credit for it that that team like Bama does. It's like what is the real difference there? So anyway, the I think – I can concede that they're probably the two best teams in the country this year, um, but it doesn't mean that they're the best conference. Heard that. Top to bottom. So um, that's that for football. Real quick, last uh, topic for the NBA. Isaiah Thomas is back Mm. for the Cavaliers tonight as we were recording. Um, I can do a quick score check on that, but uh, Isaiah back from a really like a seven-month probably uh, hip injury recovery. Uh, So it took him a long time. He's on a minute restriction. Um, the main and the Cavs did win that game. I can see if I can pull up Isaiah's stats. Uh, Isaiah Thomas had 17 points, um, and three assists on six for 12 shooting. So pretty good night for Isaiah. That was in 19 minutes. So very efficient night for him. Mm -hmm. Um, as he comes back, certainly going to take a little time for him to gel, I think against some of the better defenses and stuff in the league for them to figure out who's going to, you know, how they're going to manage the ball. But, um, one of the disappointing things is Isaiah is not going to play on Wednesday night tonight. If you're listening against the Celtics. Yeah. Um, so it's common for players to sit out the second night of a back to back when they're rehabbing or just coming back from injury. What are your thoughts on the way that's going down? Uh, my only, I'm fine with him sitting. I yeah. have no problem with that at all. The, 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 what's confusing is that they're, he's like, as you mentioned, I'm, this is secondhand from yeah. you is that they're requested. He requested not to have a tribute mm-hmm. video or, or, or really or anything, anything yeah. for this game, implying that he'd like one when he's playing the next time, the yeah. next time when, they, when he comes back, which would be Paul Pierce's yeah. retirement, Re- retirement game. Yeah. Game. So that's going to get sticky. Mm-hmm. You can't favor Isaiah. Who's a, an opponent, an opposing right. team's player right. over one of your legends. Exactly. So what do you do? Right. I mean, I'm no. I'm pretty. I'm pretty anti. Re, like receiving players back and like yeah. the tribute videos and the the baseball does this the tribute seasons now. Yeah. Like I'm I'm way oh, over. Yeah. I'm over that and like I'm happy if you played well for us. But you're you're on an opposing team yeah. now, and I mean I don't need to put a video together to watch you cry on the court so that you can score 40 against us. Yeah. Yeah. And so it doesn't, um, it's kind of gotten to be a more popular thing in the last couple of years, probably because of some of these farewell things and like all these guys, the, the, I remember seeing a, a fact about it, like the Celtics before. So the Celtics played a little, very short little tribute video for Avery Bradley. When he came back, he'd been here for, I think like eight years, seven, eight years, like pretty long time. He was, he was with the Celtics. They played like a really short, like thirty second tribute when they announced him in the starting lineup, and yeah. that and that was it. And so I had I had seen before that the Celtics prior to that had never played a video tribute for any player ever that wasn't a former champion. Wow! Like who hadn't, who hadn't won a championship yeah, for yeah. you? 
they never played a tribute when they came back. Like you had to have won a championship. So which is a fine rule. Exactly. And yeah. so that's what I'm saying. Now this is going to be the second one this year for players that left last year, like Avery Bradley and then Isaiah Thomas. So it is kind of a new thing and it's kind of a weird thing. So what do you um, do when Kelly Olenek comes back? They, right. Exactly. <laughs> so they didn't do anything. Absolutely nothing, which is what? good. Like, like, I mean, like you, you, you have to draw the line somewhere. Um, with all that said, um, like you said, he requested not to have it. I think it's possible they can still manage both with, with Pierce and Isaiah. The thing about uh, the, the one thing I forgot to tell you this, but the Paul Pierce retirement is an interesting one that I've never seen before, actually, and that the retirement ceremony is after the game. Mm. So they're, they're, gonna, they're doing the whole game, and then everybody will stay, and the jersey retirement will be after the game. So that might make it a little bit easier because they could play an Isaiah thing at the intro of the game before you have to really talk about Pierce at all. And then kind of don't start the Pierce stuff until the second half, leading into the ceremony after. It's just maybe, weird. Maybe that's what they do, but it's, it's just it's, so weird. Like the ske- it's just unfortunate the yeah, scheduling. Right. Like if, it, yeah. if he was playing tomorrow, boom, that's perfect. Solved. He's yeah. tomorrow, then Pierce is the next game. You yeah. Know? So, and and again, here's the thing: is that the Celtics can still do that if they disregard his request. Do like, it. They, like they could do that. Fuck so, them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so and that's like that's kind of what it comes down to. Is like, what are they going to choose to do? Um, so that's a little interesting side note. I can report on it. I'll be going to the game tomorrow. So cool. we'll see uh, if they abide by Isaiah's wish to have no tribute and wait till the next time or if they just do it um, tomorrow. And Are you going to stand so and clap or boo? I will. I absolutely will. I, I won't boo Isaiah at all. I, I think um, – Are you going to cry? No, I wouldn't cry. He wasn't – I don't think Isaiah was – so I love Isaiah, but I – you know, like a Paul Pierce thing, I could cry. I think <laughs> uh, Isaiah was I, – I could – I wouldn't cry over Isaiah because – Isaiah's still in his prime, like like playing for another team now. Like uh, I I think the if I was in the garden the first game that Paul Pierce came back, I, I remember that video tribute was enormous and like huge. I for sure would have been crying for you that. Because I mean because like that's like a fifteen year thing, like championship, like really a guy that came up through the system. Like Isaiah was here for four years. Like it kinda dwarfs in comparison to someone that was the whole franchise for fifteen years. So I think um I definitely wouldn't cry, but I would certainly I, I won't boo Isaiah once this year, I don't think. Um, Isaiah does talk a lot. Isaiah certainly He's a big talk. has really gotten is. some people in Boston already to flip on him. Now, I think the majority still love him. Um, but he's certainly said some things like he's reiterated that he's never going to talk to Danny Ainge again. Yeah. Like things like that are a little like, I have noticed that he's been very vocal. You're right. It's, salty. It's, and it's not like yeah. salty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he should be, I, I'm fine with yeah. that. The NBA needs more saltiness, yeah. but, um, he, they, he did something like he continues to talk about the trade, yeah. I mean, and, and he, he even had, yeah, they're asking he, him. He about had it, some like, tweet like, "I'm just asked about it, man." Yeah. Like, I'm like, you just say no comment. Yeah, yeah, just say, yeah. dude, it's over. I'm on a new team it. now. He he loves that. Yeah, he love. I mean, he yeah. he is that. Yeah, he, he's a he's, he's a an chip emotional on his shoulder. Guy. Yeah. He's a chip. He, yeah. Exactly. He's a he's a emotional. He feeds off that. Everyone doubts me. Exactly. No one respects me. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Like the fact that I'm still hearing about. Yeah. Like he, he, these, like sixty for sixties. There's players, Tribune articles. The newest and one. There was something that came out last week that was like he wishes he didn't play in the playoffs, so he didn't hit hurt yeah, his hip exactly. more. That's he, one that will piss people off. Yeah. It's like he's like just he's drop, saying like don't drop this. don't like make me give you my all if yeah. you're not gonna give me your all. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, I can't. Like, yeah, you play for the Cavs now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, like, and then at the end of those answers, he always says that, but it's like you clearly care about this still a lot. Like, clearly so care. Stop, wait, like if I was on the Cavs, I would be it. so mad. I would yeah. be so. I mean, I don't know what he is as a locker room guy there, yeah. so I can't comment on that. But yeah, if I was just a casual Cavs player, like, like stop talking about how mad you are. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. that, like, you got traded to us, you know. Yeah. Like, and so, so, so I think a lot of that is, um, 
I think slowly he's picked off some of his supporters from Boston and flipped them. Like I think people, I think there will be, I will hear someone boo. Like I think in the in the crowd. Now I, I think it's still going to be overwhelmingly cheers for him, but I think somebody will boo because like he is starting to rub people the wrong way. I he's think. he's managed to get me to dislike him as a Celtics player and a Cavs player, yeah. which is not yeah. which is hard to do. Yeah, because I liked him. For both, he, he was. He I liked was, him. He was probably the most likable player in the NBA. I liked him as both at midpoint of last season. Yeah, I liked him as a Celtic, and I liked him as a Cav. Yeah. Now I li- now I dislike him as both. <laughs> like I dislike him yeah. as being butthurt about the Celtics. Yeah. And I dislike him for what he's doing for the to the Cavs. Yeah. I, I still I still like the part of his personality. Like I I still like that he's like feisty, but I think that he has gone too far with the saltiness of this. Like yeah. like at no point like. Because let's be honest, like Danny Ainge trading for Isaiah, like resurrected his career. I mean, yeah. Isaiah was a sixth man. Like on the previous two teams that he was on, he was really not finding it, and he was a sixth man. And he was he had been traded once, and he was maybe going to get get traded again. Um, so I mean, there's a middle ground there where you can say that you're really pissed at Danny Ainge, but like he did a lot for your career. And like, it sucks that for him that the Celtics are so much better. Yeah. Like maybe not so much better, but they are Certain, Yeah, I mean yeah, they're, they're better. better than they were last year. Yeah. yeah. And, and and even without Gordon Hayward here. So yeah. um but the last thought to wrap all that up um and he hates which that. is and he, he does you, you know that, he hates yeah. it. And, and the thing is actually I think that he he definitely doesn't hate Kyrie. I've seen some interviews and stuff like he def I think he likes Kyrie. I think they're friends. Yeah. But he obviously it hits it hits a, a sore spot for yeah. him that they are that Kyrie is now being embraced that they the made way the that right, he is. Oh, yeah, that they made the right that, move. And that yeah. they look like they made the right move. Um, the 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 last thing I will say, though, Boston that— Boston fans would embrace a, a paper bag if we floated <laughs> it out there and it scored five points. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, but I will say, just, just as far as the one thing I will defend to say that the reason that Boston fans should, at least for the first time he's back, certainly give him an ovation, is that um, it's really easy to forget what— um, all the things that Isaiah is the reason for here. Yeah. So Al Horford never signs in Boston without Isaiah. Gordon Hayward, by association, also never signs here. And probably that trade never even happens without him there in the first place, getting those guys here, because they wouldn't have traded yeah. Isaiah for Kyrie straight up without the team around him either. We're all in on, so, on Isaiah, what he did for the team, yeah. but I'm I'm happy to so, see some saltiness. Yeah. I'm oh, ready, yeah. ready for yeah. this dr- drama to for be sure. over for sure and for them to see each other in the eastern yeah. conference finals and and that is where to me it gets more interesting is once you're past the initial ovation and honor and everything now you're in game six of an eastern conference finals and he's scoring 40 against you and now how much do you like him you know and he's looking at like, danny Ainge and, flicking and, him off yeah and, and so yeah and and he's getting feisty with some players or whatever like that i think will be where it's really really entertaining so um, and it's so awkward because what's his guts is on the team too. Crowder and no one's gonna. Crowder's they're not gonna t- do anything for Crowder. Crowder's there's, on the same there's team. There's no way they do a video tribute for Crowder. Similar Crowder. amount of time. Yeah. Four same year, amount of time. Four years much. on the team. I, I think almost the same amount. They're gonna come back and Crowder's gonna be like, "Cool, dude." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, now, I would say Crowder shouldn't and probably doesn't wouldn't expect a video tribute, but. If he's right there while Isaiah is getting a tribute, it is weird it's for, for, for the sure same amount weird. of time. The same it's for team. For sure, weird. Yeah. Like he was same on the team, same, same team. core, same yeah. everything, start, same starting lineup. He was a starter yeah. for probably longer than I'd say it was actually. Yeah. So um, and he's like, hey, yeah. hey so, guys, welcome back. Yeah. Thanks. And he's a guy I also don't know if the if the Garden crowd would cheer him. I I know, I know they'll cheer Isaiah. I'm not positive they would cheer Crowder because he had a few of those moments too where he was Did like. He? I don't yeah, think I've ever heard him speak. Oh well, see, Crowder got you probably remember this. He got mad last year when they cheered for Gordon Hayward before he was 
um, a Celtic. Like the, some fans like cheered when they announced Gordon Hayward on the Jazz, and yeah. Crowder got really mad. And he, in the media, he was like, he was like fans cheering for the other team's small forward or whatever, like because yeah. he viewed Hayward as his replacement if yeah. he was to come here. There were things like that that fans took, you know, didn't like about him. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. It's you're right. The best word for it right now is awkward. This is an awkward situation, and. I don't know if it resolves tomorrow. If they don't do any tribute, it stays awkward until what if the next they time. Only tribute Crowder. <laughs> that would be that would be kind of hilarious. I, I don't know what they would do if that was the case, but um, so yeah. So there you go. Very very interesting situation, but eventually will play out, and I think eventually will become a sort of bad blood, like sort of really entertaining vibe uh, kind of vibe if they play each other in the playoffs. I hope so. they get into fights. Yeah, that'd be crazy. So. Um, that's it. Any other sports topics? That's it. I'm toast. Long episode today. Final drive. You want to go first or second? I'll go first. All right. Okay. Riding this 2018 wave, we're going to slow it down a bit with a cozy book corner. Uh, I just finished Lincoln in the Bardo over uh, Christmas break. Um, it is a book by George Saunders. Um, it is a an amazing book. It's a it's classified as a historical fiction, but it's definitely more like a fiction. Um, it's about Abraham Lincoln, and during the Civil War, and his son Willie dies, goes to, gets buried, becomes a ghost trapped in this graveyard, along with a bunch of other ghosts who are stuck in purgatory. They're all denying they're dead. They all think they're just still sick, or they're still laying on the floor bleeding, or there's still, there's still hope for them, even though they've been there for some hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. So that's where they're stuck, and it's this fight between do you move on to the great beyond or do you do you stick where you are and Abraham Lincoln comes and visits them and like shows this compassion and he doesn't speak with them but they end up seeing what he sees through him whatever it's very very strange mm -hmm. it's weird AF mm -hmm. but it is so wildly unique it's written from the point of view of about a hundred different people the point of view changes every sentence someone they're like wow. talking it's like a play almost they're talking and saying things but um, all of the the uh, background details are convoluted. It's just secondhand talk. So they're like saying, "Oh, Lincoln was a tall, handsome man," and then the second thing is, "He was an ugly man, like ugliest man I've ever seen." Mm -hmm. Oh, he had straight teeth. Oh, he had the crookedest teeth you've ever mm -hmm. seen. And you just have to kind of build this picture of people through all these con conflicting mm -hmm. um, takes, which is really, really interesting. Um, I loved it. You, you really have to like strange, strange books. But Lincoln in the Bardo is one of the best books I read last year. 91% wow. Steve Nicholas Avocados. Certified guac. You have to be prepared for a weird experience, but a very beautiful, reflective experience. It, it's all these ghosts and looking back on their lives. And it's just very, very moving. Um, and I think it's a, it's a nice, easy read. It's only a couple hundred pages. Um, and very, very spaced out in terms of the wording. So... Lincoln in the Bardo, 91% Steve Nicholas Avocados. Well-written, very unique, very weird. If you're into it, give it a, give it a uh, read. It's very good. Wow, certified guac. So certified there you, there guacamole. You There's your cozy book corner. Uh, my final drive is going to be a pair of movie reviews um, that I watched during this whole break. Um, one of them, I believe you already reviewed on the podcast in the past. Uh, the other one I don't think you've seen, but you did talk, you mentioned it. So first one is Wonder Woman. Um Wonder Woman was very good. Um, really good movie. I had obviously heard a lot about it. It was a very powerful movie because, as a lot of people had pointed out, it's it's kind of important today that there's a, a mainstream movie that had a female hero character, uh, which is what this is in that series of 
um, kind of the the superhero movies. Marvel Universe. Marvel Universe. Um, and so Wonder Woman was extremely good. Uh, Gal Gadot, as you mentioned, is the actress. She's beautiful. It was her, you know, big breakthrough uh, performance. Um, and uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, Chris Pine. No. Is it Chris Pine? Yes. The, yeah, Chris, Chris Pine's Pine. the supporting actor. He was really good as well uh, in that role. So without really going into the plot, I just felt like it was a movie that had the right amount of humor, action, plot, combo. I thought it was really good. Maintained its um, interest level throughout the movie. Um, the the ending is sort of like kind of dr- really dramatic. Yeah. Um, it's maybe a little too dramatic um, and kind of like superhero-y. Uh, it sort of shifts gears to like ultra mega superhero yeah, scenes at the end. I agree with that. Um, but overall, I thought it was extremely good. I'm going to give it 90 dragon fruits, which is just on the cusp of being certified Pattaya Colada. So um, it is certified Pattaya Colada at 90. The other movie I saw was The Big Sick, um, which is the Amazon original uh, Kumail uh, Ninjani, I think. I forgot how to say his last name. Uh, He's the uh, Pakistani comedian. Um, What I didn't realize is this is a true story, a completely true story um, about Kumail and his... Uh, he falls in love with a with a girl who is not Pakistani, and his uh, his parents are not okay with that. They have arranged marriage, and like he, they're kind of very not accepting of him being with like a white Christian girl, and um, and so he falls in love with her. She gets really sick. It's like it's one of those movies that you read the plot and you're like, I don't really want to watch this movie, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you watch it anyway, and it's very good comedy. It's really well written. It's very kind of a um, you get that personalized feel, like you sort of just don't realize that you're kind of getting into the movie by so by connecting with the characters. Um, it's again a very underwhelming movie as far as like plot points and action goes. There's really none of that, um, but it's well written, funny, and then in the end you find out it's also true. Uh, it's got the right mix of humor and emotion, I would say. Uh, so I'm gonna give it 87 Dragon Fruits, uh, not quite Pattaya Colada, but definitely would recommend it it's also free on amazon prime uh if you have amazon prime because it's an amazon original so that's um sort of the other reason that i chose to watch it among other options because it was free and just and right there on prime for streaming so uh the big sick 87 Derek dragon fruits just short of patai colada but a very good movie so that's that that's my final drive loved it anything else that's it All for right. episode 89. 89 you guys got i think our longest episode ever as a, as a gift for the hiatus. Well, we so. had three three weeks to cover. Yeah, so, so this was uh, the, the marathon. So, yeah. Alrighty, that means we'll see you next week for episode 90. Later oh, freaking days. Happy 2018.